Welcome to Gal on the Go Unplugged. Deborah Furstenberg is the founder of Doggy Noses and Yoga Poses, a socially conscious company that raises money and awareness for animal rescue groups by coordinating unique and fun yoga events all over the East Coast. I met Deborah four years ago through a yoga studio owner. Uh, I led a yoga class for her company, and I was so impressed with Deborah and her team's hard work, their dedication, um, that I continued teaching classes for doggy noses and yoga poses ever since. Thank you for joining me today, Deborah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And that was quite the introduction. I Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are awesome. Um, and I know people are uh, going to be, you know, very excited to learn more about your organization. So who or what inspired you to start Doggy Noses and Yoga Poses? Well, coincidentally enough, Doggy Noses and Yoga Poses was not a business idea. It was not born out of, you know, a need um, to create another company or anything like that. It was actually supposed to be a single event, a one-time community service project for my older daughter, who was a candidate for her black belt in karate, and she needed to do a community service component as part of her application. So my daughter said to me that, hey, you know, I'd like to raise some money for our local husky rescue. We have a Siberian husky, and we did some fundraising, um, some, some fundraisers for this rescue in the past. So my daughter said, I, I want to raise money for Husky House. And I said, okay, that's great. We'll go ahead and we'll do that. Uh, except that my daughter threw me for a little bit of a curveball, and she said to me, I don't want to just ask people for money. That I will. She said, because I know the Husky House and all the rescues really need the finances. She said, but I, in addition to asking people for money, I really want to get my, my hands dirty, you know, working with dogs and be really hands-on and physically contribute in some form to this, you know, rescue group, which I thought was pretty incredible because at the time, she was only 15 years old, and I thought that was really wonderful that she wanted to do you know, both things, solicit the monetary donation and work with the dog. Yeah, that's amazing. Hands-on is usually not the choice. Right, exactly. You know, you figure for, you know, she was young and um, I I didn't even you know, realize that that would cost her mind to do. Um, So I said, well, you know, I could certainly ask, but the problem was is that most rescue groups will not allow um, children under the age of 16, generally, to volunteer with dogs. Oh. So, just one year shy of being able to become a junior volunteer and actually work with the dog. So we sat and we talked about it a little bit more, and she said, well, you know, maybe there's something that we can come up with. Maybe there's some way that I can be involved hands-on, so I really want to do that. And I said, all right, well, I don't know what we could possibly do, but, but you know, we'll, I'll give it some thought, and you give it some thought, and figure it out. Well, a few weeks later, I was in the car, and I heard on the radio a story about the original Goat Yoga, which originated in Oregon. And they were talking about how Goat Yoga as this farm in Oregon had taken off and was, you know, doing phenomenally well, and people were going crazy and signing up for this Goat Yoga class. And I had the thought in my head that, you know, if I did yoga with animals, the goats are cute and all. Don't get me wrong, the baby goats especially are adorable. You know, but I thought to myself, if I did yoga with animals, I, I think I would rather do yoga with puppies and, and dogs and be surrounded by, you know, wagging tails and, you know, these fluffy, wispy dogs. How much fun would that be? <laughs> so I, I didn't really connect anything at that point. It was just an interesting story on the radio and just a fleeting thought that I had. And I got out of the car, you know, kind of giggling about, you know, that was just silly goat yoga. Um, but it was a little while after that that I thought about it more. I said, well, what if we did a yoga class with dogs running around on the class floor? And, 
you know, I was picturing, you know, people practicing yoga and having to do you know, something on them, licking them, and, you know, you're able to pet them during the class, and I thought, oh, that would be kind of fun, but, you know, it's kind of a crazy idea. And so I asked my daughter, I said, what do you think about this idea? And, you know, I have this crazy idea, but what do you think about it? She looked at me and said, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you know, Mom, you're not. <laughs> basically what she said. So, um, but she said, but you know, I don't even like yoga, but I think I would even do a class like that. So I think that would be kind of fun. But let's, let's see what, if we maybe could do something like that. And so that's where the idea was born. So it was actually inspired by goat yoga, um, taken a one step further. And fortunately for me, when I approached Tusky House with the idea, they actually really liked the idea. I was very nervous about asking them if they even wanted to do it. Uh, but they were on board and, and very willing to give it a shot to see what happened. Um, it took me nine months to actually coordinate that first class. And in that time, wow. yeah, it was, it was a definitely a long time to get to the venue. The venue was my biggest issue because... It has to be a place that can accommodate, you know, a, a, a good amount of, of yoga mats and also would be dog friendly. So, you know, it was just something that was, I didn't know where to look, I didn't know what to ask. We reached out to a few different places, some of them were interested at first and then decided not to do it and a few of them couldn't have dogs on the premises. Uh, there were just a number of reasons, you know, it, it was just not... It was actually to coordinate that first class. Um, but in the meantime, my daughter had been collecting monetary donations as well as items for the rescue. And that way, you know, she was able to fulfill a component of her, uh, her black belt application uh, even though we didn't have the class before she actually got awarded the black belt. So uh, she... She earned her black belt uh, in June, and it wasn't until August that we had the class. But we were both very determined to make sure that this class happened, even though she no longer was, you know, this, this part of the project was not needed any longer for her. Oh, that's amazing that you stuck with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but really, it was something that, you know, it, it wasn't something that had to be done at that point, but... We both said, let's go ahead with it, move forward with it. We really wanted to see, you know, what could come from it. We really thought it would be a very successful community service project and raise a lot of money for Husky House if it was, you know, if it was successful. Um, so after nine months, we, we had our first class. It was very coincidentally on National Dog Day. I didn't know until after the class that it was National Dog Day. Uh. <laughs> August 26th, I think it was a sign. <laughs> August 26, 2017, we had it at Beach House Brewery in Belmar, New Jersey, down at the Jersey Shore, and it included uh, the class, uh, the yoga class at the Dog Husky House, and the brewery owner was the one who suggested that they would be offer with every ticket and everybody could then go ahead into the tasting room and have a pint of beer after the class, which I thought was a great idea, and, you know, I, you know, very... Very happy with his suggestion because it just made it even more festive. And uh, so we had that class on August 26th, and it was a huge success. We raised almost $1,000 for Husky House, and it made both my daughter and I so happy to be able to give that to the rescue. Uh, and after the class, we went into the tasting room where everybody was enjoying their pints and having, you know, just a, a good time. <laughs> um, and somebody approached me and said, when's the next class? And I looked at Oh, wow. This, 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 you know, this, this took me nine months to put together. And, you know, I, I have bills to pay and I have a job to do. And, I, you know, I have kids to take care of. I, I can't be taking months at a time to do these classes and put them together. And, no pressure. <laughs> oh, no, you, you need to do more of these. And I said, really? <laughs> so... So I gave it some thought, and I, my, I came home that night, my fiancé and I were talking about it, and he was like, I think you should maybe give it a shot. 
And he said, yeah. He said, I don't know. You know, it's a lot of work. And he said, well, see what happens. So we did another one and another one. And it was within a month of that first class that I actually quit the job I had been working. At the time, I was working part-time. And it was on weekends mainly. And if I was going to do these classes, I generally had the classes on the weekends. I needed to have my time free to be able to get the event. And it became a, uh, to a point where I said, okay, you know what? I think there's something here. I'm going to go ahead and focus on dogginess and yoga poses and see where it goes. And we are four years later. Um, and it's just been a really crazy ride, but a really fun one and a very, very gratifying one. That is amazing. Yeah, it, you know, it, I pitch I myself all the time. <laughs> it, I, I get to play with dogs and raise money for rescues and some of the most amazing people. And I work with incredible partners. Uh, certainly you are included in that. <laughs> and so I, I just look around and I you know, have to pitch myself like, wow, this is, this is great. <laughs> How did I get here? <laughs> is pretty wild and it's so uh cool that like it really did seem like fate for you because like uh, ironic things just seem to align you know in the most surprising way to you to make this all come together uh that's absolutely yeah i always you know when i first started this business i you know, I didn't practice yoga, believe it or not. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, most people are very surprised that I not only never had taken my own class, because I was working doing them, but that in the very beginning, I had never taken a yoga class at all. And so the, the spirituality around a yoga practice and the philosophy surrounding yoga in itself um, were something that were very much a mystery to me. And not something that I really knew much about, understood very well. Um, and looking back now, and, and looking at some of the mindset work that I've done on myself in the time that I started the business, it really does seem to be the case that you know, the universe is kind of line things up the way they're supposed to be. Even if you even if you don't see it at the time, that everything happens when it happens for a reason. Everything is there and perfect. Even if you, even if it doesn't feel that way in the moment. Um, and the start of this business was very much like that because it was not it was not a good place that I was in in my head at the time at the very beginning. That's incredible. I, I love in like when things come together organically and then the bonus of it is that it's a positive thing that resulted. Like you're doing so many positive things from the base of one organic thing. That, you know, it, that's just amazing to me. Um, no, that's amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> So, and, and it's true, yeah, it's definitely, you know, the, the biggest shock of this whole thing is that, you know, how it did grow organically, and it was just very natural, and everything just kind of started working together, and it was not, once it started going, and once the idea had taken hold, and I had thought of, all right, let's give it a shot, and let's see where it goes, things just started lining up beautifully like that. I couldn't have asked for things, you know, to, to be better that way. Um, so it's, it's always interesting to me, you know, when I'm, when I'm looking back on some of the things that, that we've done and some of the people who I've worked with, you know, how things have played out and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fun. <laughs> I love it. It's well, not always eas
Well, that's very important, uh, you know, a very important aspect. Um, now, okay, so obviously raising money is a huge factor, like, you know, um, w one of the main goals, but what is like a, your biggest goal for hosting these events that might surprise people, like um, not so uh, blatant as the fundraising aspect? So, yeah, well, like you said, at Clark, these are fundraisers for the rescue, but it, it actually goes much deeper than that. Um, you know, we, we recently, for you and your audience are knowing uh, or aware, we recently uh, passed a milestone that I had set for myself when we first started this whole thing in that I wanted to be able to say I donated six figures, $100,000 to Animal Rescue Group. And we actually met that benchmark on September 9th. We had a class at Seton Hall University, and that put us over the $100,000 mark, which was amazing. I was so thrilled to be able to do that, and I was so proud of my team for moving everything to get to that position. And I said, you know, we reached 100000 My next goal is a million. Wow. I would love to be able to say, and I, I plan to be able to say, we've donated a million dollars. But what's driving behind that is absolutely I have a love of animals. I mean, that's, you know, got to be at least somewhat apparent. <laughs> more, more importantly, you know, I, I look at the rescue world and I look at the people who actually are in the trenches doing the rescuing and I'm friends with a lot of the directors and rescue groups now and volunteers and I, I see what they do. And I see what they go through when they're trying to rescue these animals. And while I absolutely am doing this to help animals, I'm doing it even more so to help the people who help these animals. Because I know it takes a certain kind of person to be able to rescue and to do what these guys do day in, day out. And I don't think I have the constitution really to do what they're doing. And so if I can help support them and give them a financial support and even a fun event that the rescue and even the dogs enjoy, um, if I can raise money for them that way and give them a little bit of levity in their lives and take some of the work off of their plate and, you know, we coordinate the entire event for them. Um, so if I can help the people who are helping these animals, that's really the, the bottom line. And I think, I think with our company, that's really an underlying theme across the board in helping, in helping people and helping the community because there's a secondary mission that we concentrate on as well. And that's to support the community local to the venues in which we work. It's really important for me and very, very gratifying for me when there are new audiences brought to the venue, where there may be new relationships formed between the yoga instructor and the venue, where new people are coming in to learn about a rescue group and the breeds of dogs they have. Maybe they want to volunteer for, for these groups, or maybe they want to, you know, suddenly they want to become a foster, or maybe they don't know what fostering is, and now they've been to one of our events and they've learned. Um, I, I want to have that sense of community at every one of our events, and that's really important to us as well. So there's a whole, there's a whole underlying piece to each one of our events is you know, being very cognizant of supporting the local communities where we go and the businesses that, are, um, that we work with. Um, yeah, as far as the overarching goal for us, though, it's really about changing the perception of animal rescue groups in general. Um, you know, my, my hope is that, yes, we raise a million dollars, but if we can raise a million dollars and donate a million dollars, and we're at that size, because we have a lot of work to do before we get there, and you have to be a really sizable organization to be able to make a donation of that amount. Um, I would hope that with any publicity that comes with that, that it's causing a shift in the perception of what animal rescue groups are and how they work and what they do 
and why they're important. Um, so I would love to see the national conversation about rescue groups change. I think if anyone could influence, it's you because you're so incredibly thoughtful. I've been privileged enough to witness firsthand what you know, um, the behind the scenes and the and the uh, at the time workings of what it takes, you know, for you to put just one of the events on. And I I really think you could reach your goal. And I think you've because of your thoughtfulness to all these details have. I, you shocked me. I can't imagine you won't shock others with uh, thinking of, wow, I didn't even think of, you know, how does the organization feel? How do those workers feel? And the fact that you took that into consideration, um, that's pretty amazing. Oh, well, thank you. And, yeah, it's, uh, I have to say, it's just kind of, a, I, I kind of go by intuition on everything that I've until this point. It's, Anything that I've accomplished has really been just kind of instinct of, you know, let's, let's see let's, let's see if this makes sense and let's see if we can make it happen. Um, you know, it doesn't always pan out. <laughs> plenty of times there's plenty of things that I've tried where it's been like, oh, uh, you know, um, that didn't work so well. <laughs> maybe, maybe we won't do that again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it seems that, you know, my my following that, that gut instinct is, and surrounding myself too, you know, again, that's an important part of what I do is surrounding myself with some really incredible people. And, you know, starting with the people who are close to me, you know, on the team itself, and expanding out to our partners, and a lot of what we've been able to do, you know, much of what we've been able to do is because of the people who I work with. I couldn't do what I do without having that kind of support behind me, and, um, you know, people who believe in me and in the mission of the company and in what we're doing, and, you know, it's really... It's really kind of an amazing feeling, and I'm very humbled by knowing that I do have, you know, all these people behind me. Well, speaking of people close to you, you know, your your two daughters um, have been involved with Doggy Noses and Yoga Poses events, and they're like amazing young ladies, and you are just an incredible role model. I I feel for them. Um, you know, and how do you feel like the business has made a difference in their lives or have they ever shared with you like their feelings about it? You know, like, wow, mom, I'm really glad you started this or, you know, uh, anything along those lines. Um, they haven't really shared as far as directly, but I do, I do see in both of them with my older daughter, um, she gets embarrassed when I talk about, you know, how the company started and uh, I, I've, you know, spoken with quite a few people and, and shared the story of how we got started. It's even on our website and uh, I think she's getting a little more used to it and it doesn't quite embarrass us as much now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, she's, you know, both, both my girls really have a soft spot for animals as well and, and dogs. Uh, in particular, uh, I mean, you know, they, they both like pets too, but they're allergic to them, so dogs it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, you know, I can see not not from what they say, but more from how they act and and how when they're working with me, uh, their curiosity about the, the rescue group, their curiosity about the animals who are meeting in the class. Uh, they approach every class with a sense of pride. It, you know, it, it, even though they don't necessarily say it directly, you know, you see by the way they handle themselves during the class when they're working with me that, you know, they take this seriously. And they are you know, firm believers in the mission of what we're doing. Um, and while you know, I'm not entirely sure, you know, where that might take them as they get older. Uh, I do know my younger daughter is currently exploring options that how can I, how can I possibly work with animals 
when I get older, when I graduate, when I'm looking for a job, what careers, you know, can possibly bring me into the world of, of animals in general and helping them. Oh, wow. Um, so, I, you know, she's, she's still fairly young. She's in high school, but uh, so she's, you know, starting to give it more thought. Uh, she hasn't quite figured out, you know, exactly what she'd like to do, but I could absolutely see her, you know, doing something where she's in an animal-related field of some sort. Um, and just seeing the two of them, you know, their, their compassion comes through. Oh, you know, they're, they're both very sensitive kids to begin with. Uh, they've always had a lot of empathy. But I think this kind of, you know, in the last four years, working with me and, and working and seeing, you know, what goes on uh, and kind of behind-the-scenes things of, of how the rescue groups operate and what they go through and the backstories behind the animals who participate with us, I think gave them a, a brand new perspective on, you know, animals rescuing. And it's just really wonderful to see such compassion in them. Uh, you know, that they really, their hearts are really in what they're doing in the moment of, you know, whenever they're they're talking about the animals or interacting with them or helping me. Uh, it's all about the dogs, you know? Well, so, I think that, that, was a, that was definitely an impact. You put on events so well. I love the fact that they learn from the behind-the-scenes perspective because... I feel like one of the things, unfortunately, when people do do events so well, the attendees, and I'm guilty of this myself completely, you know, we show up, we enjoy the fruits of your labor, and you sometimes don't realize, like, the blood, sweat, and tears that went behind it to make it, you know, the smooth thing that it is, and the, the fun... Um, amazing time that it is. So I, I think that's a pretty incredible lessons for them to learn and get to see like the, you know, the inner workings, the behind the scene aspect, um, you know, and I, 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 I bet that has contributed to your point of their appreciation for it all, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. And yeah, my, my older daughter is away at college right now. So she doesn't work with us as frequently anymore, and she still does some events. And of course, she was, you know, we had a we had a special event thanks to you, Tim, at uh, <laughs> the National Mall by the Lincoln Memorial, and that was so special that I convinced, you know, my older one to come with me <laughs> to work with us that day, and that was such a great event. It was so much fun. That was a blast. Um, my younger, my younger daughter, on the other hand, because she's, you know, still living at home and in high school. She comes with me to a lot of events during the year, and at this point, I, you know, I always tease her because she's been working four years, you know, the business has been, uh, you know, since its inception, and I say, you know, she could probably run an event, even though she's as young as she is, she could probably run an event on her own, and if she has to plan an event, she might even be able to do that because she's seen, she's seen me working, I put her to work on certain things, um, you know, on the back end. Um, and during the course of an event, she really, you know, she, she really knows what she's, what she's doing on the floor, and she knows what it is that I'm doing on the floor. And she's a huge help when they're both really a huge help when, when they're at preventive things. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to see is that you know, I, I, I tease my younger daughter all the time that she's really lucky that you know her friends are all looking for jobs, and she's got this really great one where she gets to play with puppies. Her, her official event staff title is uh, she's our official puppy plopper. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's the best title. <laughs> so I see her all the time. I said, "You're so lucky." I said, "Your friends must be jealous of you. You're a puppy plopper." And you know, my older daughter is too. Although she's moved more into the realm of of uh, event photographer. Uh, although she does still help wrangle the dogs, and she is still technically considered a puppy plopper. Uh, and that, by puppy plopper, I mean, you know, picking up the dogs and plopping them on people's laps or on people's backs as they're practicing their yoga, <laughs> and they're wrangling the dogs. I call them a puppy plopper. <laughs> I love it. I think I would uh, be very proud of that title if I were their age, for sure. Uh, and. Yeah. You know, I just want to have fun with it, right? I was like, 
I, it just came out one day. We were talking, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, my puppy flopper. And she's like, that's a great, that's a great soft title. I said, you know what? <laughs> it's my company, and it's a fun company to be in, and why not have a fun title? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so they then, um, you know, they've been with you for along the way, and then now you've been doing this for uh, years, and how many, on average, events do you host currently? Well, it's, you know, it, it kind of varies, because COVID definitely put a damper on, on our normal schedule, um, and each month, believe it or not, we do have a busy season, and we do have a non-busy season, so I say... During the course of a year, we probably do at least 50 events, um, probably somewhere between 50 to 75 events um, in that range. Um, last year with the lockdowns, obviously that was not happening. This year, um, we started getting back on track and doing the live events, but we're not we're not quite up to where we were pre-pandemic days. So uh, it really does vary. Uh, it also varies on, you know, like season, it varies on if they're expanding out to other areas. Uh, but I would say, on average, I would say 50, 75 events a year. That's a, that's a really good amount. <laughs> now, those events are obviously held at all different types of places. Like, you've hosted... Um, to your point, at the Lincoln Memorial outdoor event, you have hosted at um, breweries, you have hosted at colleges. So all those types of venues that you've been at, which one is your favorite and why is it your favorite? That's a great question. (laughs) I honestly, it's tough for me to answer because there's something special about each of the different places where we work. So the breweries are obviously a lot of fun just because the environment itself is just fun. Um, and the brewery owners and the staff uh, at all of these breweries, they tend to be a really warm and welcoming community. Uh, with all the breweries that I've worked with, they're all willing to do something, you know, a little crazy and offbeat and they're willing to take risks and they love our events. We love working with them. So. You know, there's that. Um, we work with a number of CrossFit gyms, and I find that the CrossFit gym owners are some of the most generous people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, oh, wow. Generally, they will take whatever the fee is that I pay, uh, you know, in exchange for using the space there. The CrossFit owners generally don't take that fee, and they donate it right back to the rescues. So, you know, that's just don't appeal. Uh, same thing with a lot of the yoga studios that I work with. We don't work in a huge amount of yoga studios, mainly because of space uh, reasons. Um, and yoga studios tend to be smaller. Uh, but with the ones that we work with, you know, the, the generosity of the studios and the instructors are just overwhelming. And it's just so beautiful to see that. Um, I'd have to say as far as, you know, the... the most fun classes. I, you know, I really, really enjoy doing these university events. I love being on a college campus. I love seeing the college students getting excited over this. I love making the connection with the younger generation uh, and an introduction. You know, it's what rescuing is all about and how they can get involved with the rescue, even though they may not be able to adopt a dog because they're living in a dorm. Uh, we had a lot of volunteer opportunities result from those university classes. And they're generally really big classes where everybody comes out just having a great time. I mean, at all of our classes, people have a great time, but there's just something a little bit different about the college students and their reaction to our classes. Uh, you know, we do, we do a couple of classes uh, at Rutgers University right before finals. And it's been, we've been doing them for the last four years. And students come out of that class and say, you know, this was really something I needed. This was really amazing for, you know, it's so stressful. We're going into finals, coming to the finish line of the semester, and there's so much going on, and there's so much seriousness. And, 
and this was just what I needed. And, Aww. You know, to see, to see that they really appreciate that combination of the health and wellness part of it and the community service piece of it, it's, you know, it's a donation that's resulting from a class that they've been to. And then couple that with the social aspect because it's almost impossible to not really kind of bond with people who are in the class with you because everybody is laughing at the dogs, doing silly things, and they're talking to each other and, you know, taking pictures of each other. And so for me, I think those university events are really something special and something that really you know, light me up. But every every single one of our events, in all of our venues, have something really incredible about them. I just, you know, each event I, that I work, that I manage, I don't manage all of them, certainly. You know, I walk out of each one with just a really great feeling, and I feel so light and so happy. And I love talking with people afterwards. You know, the, the best thing that anybody can tell me at the end of the class is how much fun they've had. Because that's really what I want. I want someone to walk away and have it be a memorable experience, and, you know, in a very positive way. And so when someone tells me, that was great, I had so much fun, I didn't know what to expect, and, you know, oh, this is just what I needed. You know, it doesn't matter where it is at that point, that's, that's the goal. Well, you bring up a great point again, too. Like, you know, with the university one, the fact that they can't adopt the dogs, you know, necessarily but you're leaving this like lasting impression on them for the future for when they can, you know, or um, instead you influence the community service aspect for them, you know. Um, so that's really powerful too. Uh, so, okay, so they might not be able to, um, but have you ever adopted a dog from one of your own events? Well, no, I haven't, um, and it's probably not a bad thing. I joke about it all the time that at every single one of the classes that, that I run, there's always at least one dog that stands out to me where I scoop that dog up and go, oh, I would take you home right now because I'm in love. <laughs> um, and I would, have, I, I would have several hundred dogs at this point <laughs> if that was the case. Um, <laughs> So the reason, the reason why I haven't adopted promises for my own classes is probably one that nobody would expect. Um, it's, it's actually twofold. And the first part is that I live in a townhouse, and our homeowners association only allows one dog per household. Oh wow! Yeah, so we could have we could have cats, and we can have cats with a dog, but we can only have one dog. And we adopted our. Our pretty baby, her name is Kaya, Liberian Husky, um, we adopted her back in 2015. And so she's been here with us, and I, you know, she's, she's the one dog um, that we're allowed. Uh, the other part of it is that Kaya is uh, somewhat dog reactive, so she loves other dogs. However, if another dog comes up to greet one of us in the family, or, you know, wants to say hi or pays attention to us, Kaya gets very jealous and she gets very reactive. So having another dog in the house would probably not be a good idea. <laughs> the reality. She, she likes being an only child. She's a diva. So, yeah. <laughs> I was an only child. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> So that was, you know, that made me feel really great that we were able to do that. Um, I had, I had wished that I was able to bring Kaya to that event and have her participate in it as, you know, an ambassador dog. We do have on occasion some, I call them ambassador dogs, dogs that have been adopted usually by one of the volunteers from the rescue, or um, and they, you know, they might be a, a really great, they make a really great ambassador for the for the rescue itself, and you know. Great dog, and you know, this person has you know got this dog a few years ago, and how wonderful it is. So I, I was thinking, you know, it'd be really nice to have Kaya as an ambassador dog at that class. But again, you know, she probably wouldn't make a, a great ambassador because 
she would get very upset if any of the other dogs came to say hi to us. <laughs> I love that concept, though, of an ambassador dog. That's I. That's just really cool. Yeah, well, you know, it, when we, you know, when you deal with rescues, it's sometimes a little tough because, you know, rescue doesn't always know who's going to be in their care at any given time. So if they don't have, you know, enough adoptable dogs to make a, a class, you know, really the experience that, you know, it could be or that it could be, sometimes what they'll do is, is they'll make a mix, they'll bring some adoptable dogs and then they'll bring some of these ambassador dogs. And we've had, we've had quite the range of, you know, different types of dogs, not only, you know, companion animals that have been adopted, but we've had therapy dogs, service dogs, um, participating in our classes, uh, and, you know, and again, showcasing the rescue itself and, you know, bringing awareness to these rescues and the kinds of animals that, that they help, you know, that's, that's obviously a big part of our mission, you know, in addition to the fundraising, we want to make people aware of all the different possibilities. So it's kind of, you know, it, it's always kind of nice when we do have those ambassador dogs, so even though that those specific dogs won't be adoptable, but uh, it, it still gives a nice, you know, representation of the rescue. Yeah, I love it. Well, okay, so we've made it past the halfway point. <laughs> we're we're heading towards the end quickly of 2021. So can you share with the listeners what's coming up for Doggy Noses and Yoga Poses in 2022? Well, we're working on a few things. I'm hoping, um, you know, I shouldn't say I'm hoping. I know they're going to pan out. So one of the things that we actually just launched that we're really going to be focusing attention on um, beginning of 2022 is uh, in order for us, and, and again, you know, I, my goal is to be able to donate a million dollars. So in order to do that, we really need to have a lot of support. Uh, and we're going to need to expand, you know, way more than we have already. So in order to be able to invest in ourselves and be able to help subsequently help more rescues. We're actually offering sponsorship packages, which um, start actually at a fairly low low price point. So uh, the, the lowest price point is $500. And so for a larger size company, you know, $500 isn't a huge amount of money. Um, and it's, you know, something that they can feel really good about, you know, offering a sponsorship to doggy noses. Um, I'd love to work for a company like that. I, I think that's amazing idea. Yeah, well, you know, it's something we were playing around with because, you know, with with the events that we run, people don't realize that, you know, the profit margin, and, and we're a for-profit company. Most people don't know that either, by the way. Um, you do that. We're, we're structured as for-profit for a lot of different reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is that we would not have been able to expand and grow and experiment with different things uh, and change as quickly as we have if it was structured as a nonprofit. Uh, with a nonprofit, we have to run everything past the board of directors and make sure that it fit all the criteria. Uh, and that, while it works for uh, you know some some types of businesses, uh, it's not something that would have worked well for us, and we wouldn't have been able to help as many rescues as we have in such a short amount of time. Oh wow! Um, so that, with that being said, um, you know these, these sponsorships are going to become very important because our profit margin is not a very big one at all. Uh, you know, we exist to give money away. <laughs> so, and in addition to that, you know, I do employ a number of people, and I hope to be employing four of them. Uh, so. In order to really, you know, kind of figure out what makes sense, we worked on this, this sponsorship package. We're hoping our eventual goal is that we'd like to have events in major stadiums, like MetLife Stadium. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and have a class where multiple rescues are involved, and, you know, we make a donation in a single day of not just a couple of hundred or, or thousand, but make tens of thousands of dollars in donations for a single day. For something like that, of that scale, a larger sponsorship is going to definitely be needed. So we're starting in 2022, and we've actually started now. It, it is available now, uh, where 
there are different levels of sponsorship for our events. So that's something that will hopefully help us grow and expand you know, throughout the year. Uh, we're focusing a little more on private events as well. We've noticed that a lot of people really enjoy having a class, you know, maybe like a corporate event, um, you know, or a team bonding event. Um, you know, the universities certainly enjoy having a, their, their school uh, doing a private event. We're also working on, um, and we're just kind of playing around with the idea right now, of doing a more beer collaboration. We did one for our anniversary celebration where we collaborated with the elementary brewing company in Hackensack, New Jersey, and we released the beer together with our label uh, and theirs together. And it was a really fun thing that we did to raise some more money for the rescues. Um, we're playing with the idea of doing more of those. And then last but not least... <laughs> As if all that's not enough, Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> so last but not least, um, we have a project in the works where, uh, and, and we're calling it right now the DNYC Academy. Uh, we get a lot of calls and a lot of emails and a lot of inquiries about um, if we could come out to different places in different states to do a class. And that includes places, that just this week I got a request from someone in Nebraska. Oh, wow. So, uh, because we don't have a presence established in these states and in these places, it's really not feasible for me to go out and do an event in Nebraska or in Texas or in one of, you know, in states where we don't already have uh, a presence established. So I got to thinking about it and how we can kind of expand doggy noses and provide people with a way to do our events in locations where we aren't, uh, and while at the same time providing employment opportunities for people who might want to do this for as little or as much work as they want to do. Um, and so the NYC Academy was, was, was born um, and again, something where it's the very early stages that I'm hoping to have this launch next year, where, you know, we provide the support and all of the systems, the processes, the training, uh, and all of the back-end stuff uh, to help people who want to have doggy noses events and, and plan and coordinate these in their areas, you know, we'll make it available for them. Uh, That's really so. cool. And I think, you know, with, with that, it's something that makes, it just makes sense because it would allow us to expand and grow and be in all these areas that, you know, we don't have, you know, class running in just yet. Um, we're creating jobs for people who want to do it. It's kind of a fun job. I, I can't, you know, I can't lie. It's fun. To, it can be frustrating, but it's fun. Um, and yet it, it, it leaves me the ability to not have to be out physically in every single location um, in, in the places where people really wanted to come out to. I just can't. You know, I can't be in all these places at once. It's just not, not possible. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, so that's probably the biggest thing that we're looking for in 2022. <laughs> I think all that sounds exciting. I mean, again, you're so thoughtful with, you know, and you you do things the right way. You have these ideas, but you don't like hastily go rushing into them. You know, you, you think about various aspects of the ideas and then you, you know, you go after them in a logical way from that point. And, you know, I, I think that's what's going to get you to that million. <laughs> I sure hope so. And like I said, you know, a lot of this is, you know, with the help of, of my team, I have, I have some, I, I call them my, my pack. It's the doggy pack. Love it. <laughs> so all the event managers who work with me are my doggy pack. I'm the doggy pack leader. Um, and again, you know, it's like just have fun with the, with what we're calling ourselves. It's a fun thing, so why not? Yeah. Um, but I have, I have a really strong team behind me. Uh, we're experimenting with the new structure and adding, you know, different pieces to the existing structure. Uh, I last year hired a marketing manager and I worked extremely closely on uh, bringing a lot of these things to life and then of course I have the input and, and support uh, 
of the of the dog pack itself. Uh, you know, and I'm always willing to listen to their suggestions and ideas. And you know, they're on they're they're on the ground as much as I am at these events. So they they see things sometimes that I don't and make suggestions about things I never would have considered. So um, yeah, it always, it always helps to have you know several several pairs of eyes and a lot of a lot of helping hands. <laughs> Well, you definitely have a team of good people, and I've, again, been so fortunate to meet and work with you and your team, so... Uh, oh, likewise. <laughs> well, we have to get you more people. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, it'd be so exciting to help you grow and, uh, you know, achieve this dream you have for um, doggy noses and yoga poses, so... If people want to sign up for a Doggy Noses and Yoga Poses event near them or an animal rescue group wants to partner with you or a business wants to now become a sponsor, they should go to your Instagram or Facebook page at D-O-G-G-Y Noses and Yoga Poses. That's at Doggy Noses and Yoga Poses. And Deborah, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to unplug with me today. You are amazing. You're doing such incredible, inspiring things. And um, I cannot wait to see you reach these goals that you shared. So well, thank you so much. I'm here, you're really making me smile so much here. And you're so sweet. And I, you know what, Jim, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Really so much fun. I always enjoy talking with you and spending time with you and absolutely adore working with you. So, um, you know, I was just thrilled when, when you asked about having me on your podcast. So thank you for that. It is my pleasure and I'm grateful for your time and I cannot wait to, you know, pitch in with things coming up. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> So be sure to check out Doggy Noses and Yoga Poses and Deborah, you just keep rocking. <laughs>